Boom. Hello and welcome to the Protector Nation podcast, a podcast that is dedicated to making the world a better place, making the world a safer place by making good people dangerous. In this podcast, we're going to study and understand what it takes to protect, to protect your family, to protect your loved ones, because we all know that you have a few basic needs, food, water, and shelter, but you also have the need to protect those things in a world and society where evil runs rampant and is sometimes left unchecked. Learning how to protect yourselves and your loved ones is becoming more and more important. And so we strive to raise the level of accountability to those who would do evil on this planet by making sure that the sheep, that the flock, is more well-versed in protecting themselves and their loved ones. If that sounds interesting to you, then sit back and enjoy the show. Out. Boom, here comes Mike Shaw up. There we go. Mid- Holy crap. I got it. Can you hear Yo, me? Yo, I got you, bro. You look right. like you got, you got, boom. Well, we are live, bro. Everyone's everyone's there. Everybody's in, in the uh, chat box. Uh, Daniel Cameron, hey, good to see you, man. Uh, wow. So we got, we got a number of people. I think we have a few dozen folks that are going to be hanging with us uh, for this episode. This is exciting, you know. Um, it's a new, I've never done a podcast like this before. I do webinars and stuff on this software. It's pretty sweet, but, uh, this is going to be a first man. So I'm excited. How you holding up brother? How you been out there? I'm good, man. I'm good. Thankfully, Pennsylvania is open for the most part. So yeah. not like New Jersey and not, you know, New York and other places where it's like almost completely closed down still. Yeah, that's, uh, that's an issue, man. Real quick. Where's everybody from here in the chat, uh, in the chat column? Just put your, you know, city, state, where y'all from, man. I just want to see what our reach is like on this. I got, uh, let's see, I got San Francisco here. I got uh, Frank Andres from Houston, someone from Australia. Yeah, man. Heck yeah. Cape Town, South Africa. Okay, we're, we're all over the place. I like it. Yeah, this is awesome, man. man. That's that's the technology, man, that connectivity. That's awesome. So basically, me and Mike have been trying to do this episode for a minute. (laughs) I apologize. It's (laughs) it's his fault. I just want to put that out there. (laughs) It really is my fault, man. I've been just blindingly busy, and you've been totally cool and just flowing with me on just, you know, yeah, dude, we'll do it whenever you're ready, (laughs) basically, which has been good, man. But just to open this up, uh, why don't you let everyone know a little bit about yourself, and then I'll get into all the questions and all that stuff. All right. Well, if uh, a lot of you might not know me, uh, my name's Mike. I was a police officer for 10 years in Pennsylvania. I did uh, a little bit of everything from uh, vice, like undercover narcotics work for a few years on the county drug task force. Uh, I went to uh, one of the biggest cities in PA to work um, that department in 2013 and then i left uh four months ago so i kind of you know i wanted to start my own venture you know i kind of feel in my heart that i deserve a lot better and deserve more and uh you know just want a little bit more out of life so kind of you know started my own business venture and um you know i i built my social media on you know, training and motivating people and you know just talking about real stuff man you know whether it's like you know, I, I try to encompass a little bit everything, whether it's in politics, uh, fitness, shooting, law enforcement stuff, you know, family stuff, a little bit everything. Um, so, you know, I try to use it to, to help 
you know, to help people if I can, motivate them, get off their ass and work out or go shoot or what, just, you know, just in general, just better yourself, you know? Heck yeah, man. And that's the main reason why I was like, yeah, we could, we for sure need to do something. Cause I yeah. saw the crossover dude, like, uh, we're just, it seems like we're two dudes who are just like, we're the guys in the ring, but we're the guys who are just trying to influence people to just yeah. get their potential out, man. Like, do the best you can with what you have and make something out of that trash, you know, make something out of it. So, oh, um, yeah, man, that's that was the main thing. I was like, all right, sweet, me and this dude can definitely do some stuff. Um, but I'll never forget when I first met you online, dude. <laughs> yeah, I, I posted some video and you were like, is this guy better than Voda? And I was like, <laughs> ah, I was so angry. I was so angry. I was like, yo, I'm going to pop a shot back over at the bow and see if he's cool or if he's like dedicated to trying to put me in that box. <laughs> with that man god bless voter wherever he is if, just saying we different if we definitely if, different. Uh, if you guys don't know who vote is he was this i don't even know if uh, he's still around but he was like you know he put out a lot of like really really bad content when it comes to firearms training and i mean it was it was like bad unsafe bad. Like, <laughs> unsafe like if you just think of like what not to do that was him he was teaching people like the most un uh. unsafe unrealistic just nonsense like one thing i can say guys like when it comes to especially uh, like weapons training please vet your instructor because there are so many instructors that are teaching bullshit and you're you know if you don't know any better you're like oh yeah this is cool this is great yeah. you know and then you go do it and then you shoot yourself <laughs> or shoot or, you know you know uh fire around into your wall or at your friend's face or something you know it's like please vet your instructors for christ's sake yes man because the uh and i remember hearing something about some of the students having issues like that and and, and there's all kinds of stuff and i remember i mean i because I had somebody, he joins one of my groups at some point in time, and 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 I, some of my guys were like, "You need to look into this dude." And I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> and then they said, "I was like, eh, you guys just hating? Are you guys being? Are you guys hating?" So I, you know, and I looked him up, and I was like, "Hmm, pretty bad." One of the I, I one of the worst things I've ever seen this. him post was he had this video on traffic stops, and what he yeah, he was teaching people is he would take his gun. And put it right on top of his dashboard in front of his steering wheel. And, like, the people would come up and he was like, okay, here's what you want to do. When the cop is coming up, you want to take your gun, unload it, and put it here. No, that's how you get shot in the face. You just, yeah. this is good. <laughs> exactly. Pull your steering wheel, roll your window down. Uh, good, good evening, officer. Exactly. How can I help you? I need yeah. your license, registration, insurance. Wait until the officer request the information don't you know we call it furtive right. movements okay right. if you're reaching for something and i and i'm seeing these furtive movements and i can articulate well okay i think this guy might be reaching for a weapon or something yeah don't do that don't do that yeah man like set a baseline of behavior first like yeah we're cool you're cool i'm cool i'm chill you're chill okay it, we you all know, get pulled situation. over it happens. Yeah. Not, i like the speed it's not a big deal like yeah. you know Every time I ever got pulled over, I roll my window down and I sit there and wait for the officer to make contact. He he's the boss, man. He's in charge, mm -hmm. you know. You walk up, you tell what do you need? You tell yeah. me what you need. You know what I mean? I'm here to, to stay safe. I'm here to make sure he's comfortable and it's all 99% of the time it's all good, man. You probably won't even get a ticket. 
Yeah, and you just treat them like like a like yeah. a cool dude. That's it. <laughs> except, except for a trooper, you know, do, don't, make sure you call a trooper a trooper. Don't call him officer. They hate that. Okay. Okay. I don't know oh, what so it is. Like the Army Marines. They hate that. Yeah, like that. they hate that. Like, like you know, I've even <laughs> had some. Like, uh, you mean trooper? Yes, trooper. You got it. Okay. okay. You got it, man. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you got it. Exactly. So you were saying you walked away from the law enforcement career 10 years uh, to go into business for yourself. So what kind of businesses do we kick so off? So I started e-commerce. It's uh, gun accessories. If ammo ever becomes readily available again anytime soon, I have <laughs> yeah. no idea. Um, it's going to, you know, I'll, I'll be selling some ammo and then I do uh, some apparel too. Sweet, man. So, And then awesome. off of that, one of the things that we want to do was I want to have like a training section on my website where, you know, I can – if anyone, whether you're beginner, intermediate, advanced, whatever you are, you can go on there in a training section and you can see, okay, uh, there's these training companies and they're all going to be vetted. So let's say uh, Cogworks, SOA Rescue, Courses of Action – uh, you know, Kawa, Knockout Lights, all these guys who offer really, really great training. I want a section where they can find these companies that are all vetted and they can go to their website. Oh, hey, there's training in Texas. I'm out in Texas or whatever. You know, whatever. Uh, and then the other thing I wanted to do was have under that uh, training section um, little like tutorial videos or, you know, tips, tactics, stuff like that, you know, starting from beginner intermediate to advanced tactics so if someone has no idea they just bought a gun they don't have any training around them all right here's a video i could watch on how to safely disassemble my my weapon and clean it and put it back together just really basic stuff and then leading up to you know people who are who are more advanced so that's something that i wanted to do uh with the site but that's going to take a little bit of time to get all that stuff together but it's it's a work in progress Heck yeah, man. That's what's up. Do you have a background in marketing or like e-commerce um, or anything I, like that? I did Stuff working. I'm like, oh, this dude. Yeah, how so to do this trash. I just I I'm self-taught, man. I just I taught myself how to do everything. Yeah. I didn't go to school for it. Um, as I started to build my social media, uh, I started an apparel company like five years ago, and I just I was like, I didn't even really like Instagram. I didn't. I didn't. I almost never posted. I wasn't really into it. I was kind of like that cop who just, you know, oh, I got to be, you know, like a ghost. I can't post anything or have people know what I do or who I am. So I was like, all right, I started this apparel company and I was like, all right, I guess I kind of have to figure it out. So I taught myself how to build a website. I learned photography, videography, how to edit everything, you know, some some of the, you know, the back end coding. I don't do any of that, but, you know, like building e-commerce platforms, I can do that. I mean, I pretty much taught myself how to do everything. I, I taught uh, myself how to do Photoshop, make logos, uh, and then how to do targeted uh, targeted ads through Facebook and Instagram. Um, to yeah, I mean, there's a million different ways, but how do you target? How do you take your platform and target it towards the audience that you want in the most efficient right. way? Because what they really want is they really want you to pay. They want you know they want a lot of money for these for these targeted ads. So trying to figure out how to get the most out of, let's say you do $500 for an ad. It's going to tell you exactly how many people you can reach with that. And then you can, right. you know, you can kind of change around 
the age range, the genders, uh, keywords, and yeah, you can you can figure out how to target very specific people and reach them. So I just taught myself. So I didn't have a background in it. I didn't really know anything anything about it. Sweet. I just taught myself. Yeah, dude. And the reason I bring that up is, and we'll put all your links up at the end too, um, for sure, because some of the folks are asking for it. I see your question, Ruko. Um, it's because I think there's so much to be said for like, all right, you have your career, you know, like I have my career as executive protection agent, but like I've been working on social media marketing and all the things you're talking about for like a decade. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And I think there's a lot, I think, cause I kind of my brand and what I like to do is <clears throat> try to bring, bring power back to the agent, try to bring back power back to the guy who's just working the beat. It's like, you should have a side hustle in my, like, you don't need to, like this path isn't for everyone, but if you got something inside you that you want to bring to bear in this world, I want to encourage people that have that entrepreneurial energy, like have a side hustle, like executive protection security is amazing to me. It's been amazing to me, but yo, I've had a side hustle the whole time, you know what I'm saying? And it's made all the difference, you yeah. know? So look, especially, and it brings you power. Like maybe you're on in a department you don't like, maybe you're on a detail you don't like. Whatever it is, one day if you work that side hustle, because overnight success only takes about 10 years, you know what I'm saying? You work that side hustle, and in, at first you'll be doing it because you love it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But eventually, you can create something. And, and, and I'm not like a burn the boat. You got to go all in like this guy. I'm a guerrilla warfare guy. It's like, no, nah, you work your side hustle while you have your main you know, thing, but work that side hustle. Yeah. Don't discredit it. Realize in the beginning you don't really know what you're talk- talking about. And it's probably not going to be successful for a while and get after it until you become smart enough by failing enough and learning enough to really execute on it at a high enough level for the world to want to reciprocate that. Value. Yeah, I, cu- I, I couldn't agree more about, about, that, about the side hustle. I, I totally agree. And especially, you know, now, like I, I, I've connected with uh, Andy Frisella, owner of First Form, for the last couple of years. Now. Yeah. And, I, you know, I started listening to uh-huh. podcasts and. Like we just kind of connected, started following each other, and you know he he gives. If you never listen to that podcast, you need to listen to it. This guy spent years and years and years, and you know, in you know, he basically started out with his own supplement shop, and he slept on a couch. He had they had no money, they had nothing, and now he's worth what three four hundred million dollars, you know. And he has multiple, multiple. He's doing right, he's doing right. <laughs> yeah, he's doing he's doing pretty good, I think. <laughs> he's doing right, yeah, but, yeah. You know, and, and and that's something that he talked about. Is like when he started, he didn't have anyone helping him and teaching him. It was literally door to door, you know, old school shit. Now, okay, I have my phone. I can go and connect with people and companies, figure out marketing. I can get literally, I have this at the I have everything I could possibly want to do right here and and as much as i it's like uh, you yeah as much as i dislike social media sometimes because it can get really aggravating there's so mm-hmm. there's so much uh false information yeah. that gets spread around um there there's a lot of people on social media that you either you can't trust um and you have to be careful because you know the people that you surround yourself with in in your personal life and in social media could totally ruin your business so you have to be very very oh, yeah very careful of who, you know, if, if I, you know, if I have my brand and I run my, my ink monster page, like a business, if I network with the wrong person, 
And that person, let's say he just, he just ruined relationships with a couple companies by doing something stupid. Mm-hmm. He's connected to me. That looks bad. It's not a good look. So, but yeah, I mean, have a side hustle, man. Like I, I'm, I'm involved in like four or five different things right now. There's, there's a big law enforcement yes. training company that wants to hire me to help them do their, uh, their, do their marketing, their photography, you know, run their social media. Uh, I have another company that wants to hire me for like outside sales, a massive tactical uh, distrib- uh, dis- distribution company. So like I'm trying to, awesome. I, I'm get, I want to get in a little bit of everything. I don't want to just mm-hmm. do this one thing and I wake up and I go to work and I do the same shit over and over mm-hmm. and over. Like, yes, yeah. if you, if you, even if you enjoy it, it does get repetitive. So, I mean, if mm-hmm. you, if you like to train, help people use your social media for something, you know, you see so much nonsense on social media, like use use it, use it to your advantage, teach people how to work out, find uh, clients to, to train. If you, you know, if you really have uh, the skills and knowledge to teach people firearms, start your own training company. You know, like I've been asked right. to do that. I don't, I really don't, I don't believe that. Uh, I think I'm a more advanced shooter and tactics and everything, but I don't think I'm like knockout lights and Kawa and all these other dudes. So I can't justify charging people money until I'm at a certain level to where I want. But if you have those skill sets, use it, teach, teach people, you know, use your social media yeah, to, to do a side hustle, do some training once yep. a month or, you know, what, whatever you can, man. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more with that. Yeah. It, yeah, man. It's a force multiplier. It gives you options, makes you more valuable to everybody. You might and you run into some friction inside certain groups that might not like that you're doing things outside, but eh, hey, par for the course, you know. Let's see. Oh, we got a question here. Uh, let's see, Ryan. Question for Mike. What advice would you give to someone who is in process of becoming an officer in a uh, – culture that is becoming extremely anti-police and what do you think about private security taking a major role in place of security funded police uh yeah in place of city funded police so you might not even get to the question (laughs) so i mean the advice that i would give to someone that's in the process this job is extremely difficult um it's it's always had pressure from the outside, from politics, and it's kind of seeping in a little bit more um, in the last couple of years. I mean, I, you know, I've worked through Ferguson and, you know, every time something happens um, like George Floyd, it, may, it, just, it, just, it just implodes basically. You know, police, policing is, is political. It just is. It always will be. You have pressure from politicians that go to the mayor it goes to the chief and then it trickles down through patrol and that's just the way it is. Um, the advice that I'll give to you is really, really think hard if it's something that you want to do. I would find busy cities and do some ride-alongs. Do, you know, uh, I don't know where you're at, but find the busiest town near you and do some ride-alongs from like a seven to three shift that's usually the busiest. You get a little bit of middles, a little bit of night, a little bit of night shift, um, and then see firsthand like if it's something you really want to do. The job's getting harder. You know, cops are getting arrested for doing their job. You know, even things that are protected by Supreme Court case law. You know, still getting arrested, and it's it's hard. 
so really do some ride-alongs, do some research, really think about if it's what you want to do. Uh, as far as security taking over um, policing in cities, I think it's absurd. You know, whether it's um, what do they want, like social workers, uh, like psychologists, like, no, you cannot do the job of a police officer, period. Okay. There are, there are times where, hey, maybe security added with police would help. Sure. Right deterrence and stuff like that but security or all the, these other professions you know that they want uh mental health and all these other people to come in i think it's probably the dumbest thing i've ever heard of like hey you want to go to a physical domestic with this guy who just beat the living shit out of his wife and tried to kill her okay go ahead <laughs> go see, how ahead. This, see how fast that lasts i mean you know they don't care when we show up and, you know, we're trained and armed and, you know, we can use force and people still don't care. They still shoot at you and fight you and try to kill you. People don't care. I think, and we'll talk about this more when he comes, man, the police officers exist because societies need them. <clears throat> yeah. Thanks, Mike. Police officers exist because societies need someone to do that function. So, I see the private security might be able to take over certain specific functions with regards to maintaining order, but I would really hesitate to put my guys in a position or my teams or myself in a position. Yeah, we got you back. Uh, to have yeah, to my, my internet was. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyways, finish your point and then I'll and then um, I'll do it. Uh oh. Looks like it went back out. <laughs> Anyways, I would really hesitate to put a private security professional in a position to do a police officer's job because the reality is all we you are is a new police officer. So if the fundamental issue is that people don't respect authority and don't respect police officers, what makes you think you're going to be able to walk in there playing clothes war with a cool new uniform and get the same job done when they've been studying and trying to do these functions for hundreds of years, decades, you know? Um, and there's whole departments devoted to trying to do it well. So I do think with the decline of a number of things in law enforcement, it'll make room for private security to take over more functions, especially functions where maybe departments don't want to do things. Uh, but I, I do think that we need to support our law enforcement officers to be able to do a better job where they're at with what they got. And I think, I think there's a lot to be said for that for sure, you know. Because I've heard a few people talk about how they can do better and we want to have a force that... So yeah, man, that's that's kind of the way I, I think about that, man. And also with regards to joining law enforcement too, I'll keep harping on this question, right? Is um, times of trouble... Oh, I think he's back. My oh. bad, guys. <laughs> Yo, nah, it's all good, dude. It's, you know, the first run, that Wi-Fi sneak up on you. Uh, okay, sweet. He said, absolutely great answer. Yeah, man. Did you have anything else you wanted to add to that question, brother? Uh, the, the last thing before my internet kicked off was uh, yeah, you were you were talking about security in reference to your guys. I think there's yeah. a major difference in security to professionals right. like you guys. Massive difference. Okay, if we're talking oh, yeah. someone, <laughs> if we're talking someone like you know, like the caliber of you and your guys. 
I would absolutely say yes. Police and professionals like you guys could certainly, you know, combine forces and help restore order. Um, yes. Now, you know, just regular security. No, you know, I would say absolutely not. But yes, the, guy, not. The, 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 the people of your caliber would certainly be helpful for sure. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. No. And one of the things I was addressing is we're trained in a very narrow, like we're trained to do security. My primary mission is to either restore order or depending on the venue or what I'm doing or get my client out. Yeah. I just want to get my client out. Like I just want to get my client out. You guys can shoot at each other, you know, do whatever you want to do. Like, like we're off the X. Peace. Not my problem. You know, so there might be some uh, openings for private security to expand, especially with regards to maybe some higher quality guard services. Yeah. But overall, I was saying, like, I wouldn't want to task my guys necessarily with doing the job of a law enforcement officer because they, you guys have to do so many more things. Yeah. And there's so much. It's, it's a such a big, holistic ball of things you guys have to do. And then on top of that, if the problem is a systemic issue, I think in our society where they don't respect a badge or authority who's just they're gonna treat us the same way you know um we're just a new badge we're just new authority who's instantly taking on all the biases that they already have yeah. um so that was kind of what i was getting into and then i was descending into also saying you know i think now is a time to go on with, with what you said yeah you got to make sure you know why you're going to do what you're going to do it's like joining the marine corps during a time of war it's like you sure about this? Are you really sure about this? Because it's going to be tested. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, be really sure about it. Maybe there's some valor in joining during a bad time. Like you joined during a time of war. It's like, hey, you know, you were here because you wanted to be and you get your stripes. You know, you get to say you were there during Ferguson and you were there during, you know, the other things. And, and like maybe you joined during a bad time and you come up during a bad time. And maybe that ends up being to your honor in the end, you know. Um but you better know why you're there. Yeah. <laughs> that's kind of how my brain works, man. So yeah, man, no, that's, that's good. You guys feel free to pop off those questions uh, and we'll, we'll answer them as they come. What is the, uh, I guess I'd ask you, who are you at your core, brother? Mike? Uh, I'm just, question. man, I'm just a dude who wants the most out of life that I could possibly get, you know, build yeah. the best relationships with my family and my friends and, uh, you know, make connections with just good people and just do some awesome shit and get old. You know, I want to do, <laughs> I just, I just really want to do as much as I possibly can, whether it's uh, business success uh, and, you know, success to me is not just like, okay, we're making a ton of money. That's cool. But um, success could be, how are the relationships with your, with your friends, with your family, with your loved ones, you know, are they good? Or do they suck? Yeah. I mean that, yeah, you could have a lot of money, but if you have, you know, really bad relationships with everyone around you, that's not, that's not success. So, you know, at the core, I'm just a good dude who wants to do, you know, help others and, 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 you know, just kind of enjoy this, this ride before I get old, you know? No, I dig it, man. That's good. You want to live your life to the yeah. fullest. <laughs> Heck yeah. No, that's good. What is, uh, ink? What does the ink monster stand for? Where'd that come from? Um, pretty much tattoos. Um, kind of like, kind of like, uh, the angle. I'm like, how do, where's, I'm like, it's gotta be the ink, bro. So when I did it, like, I was thinking like, yeah. 
because every variation of Mike Shaw is taken. Mike dot Shaw underscores yeah. Michael Shaw every <laughs> every and I even messaged the guy who owns Mike Shaw and I was like, hey, I'll even buy the page from you. And he's got like a hundred followers. And he was and like, he's like, yeah, he's like, yeah, he's like, nah, I like it. I'm good. I was like, oh my God, this guy's got a hundred followers and he, oh, he's got like 15 posts about his food. I'm like, oh my God. So I was like, there's no way that's happening. So I was like, well, tattoos is a part of me, something I, I like. And I was like, beast mode kind of, you know, workout. I was like, monster. I was like, whatever, yeah. ink monster, who cares? So it worked, I guess. Yeah, no, it did. I'd that still like hilarious. to change it. I'd still, I still try to change it. <laughs> I went on that Mike Shaw guy's page a few weeks ago, and I was like, I oh, don't know, man. I should message him again. Maybe offer him like hundred bucks or something. Might Just test it. him real quick. Yeah. No, I, uh, I, I, um, I had the same thing happen with me on YouTube, man. And there's like a Byron Rogers, and he's got Byron Rogers. Yep. <laughs> so now I put, and he's uh, probably Byron got Rogers. like no subscribers or anything. I'm like, come on. Man. It's like 25 subscribers, and it's like a picture of a video of his foot yeah. and like a frog. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, all right. Yeah, because, you know, I, 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 I would I mean, like – I wanted to change it because I want to brand yeah. me. I want to brand my name. But, right. I mean, I don't even know if I change it at this point because everyone likes it. Everyone knows me as Hank, so I don't know. Yeah. Let's see here. We got another question. Hey, Byron, I'm looking into executive protection like yourself. I'm from Arizona. I have 20 years in law enforcement. Uh, plus, I was deployed overseas, worked private defense security contract company nine years, embassy, Iraq. Any advice on how I can get into working protection stateside? Good question. I see this question a lot. I guess I'll just go ahead and hit it here right now. Um, the cool thing is now you can make the same type of money you were making overseas. You can make it here, which people don't know about that in, in the EP industry. Um, there are, Now it's a way easier to get in. Uh, there are a number of big companies you can apply to, um, but there's a good amount of competition. So uh, obviously apply to all your companies in your area. The other back way in, and I talk about all this in my executive protection training day success package as part of the league. I do follow-on training with everyone to make sure they get what they want out of the industry. Every single week I do a live Zoom call or a meeting like this with everyone. Um, but training, you got to – the whole entire game of success is about widening your sphere of influences and relationships just like Mike was just talking about relationships. That's really the way in. So, yeah, apply to all the different uh, companies in your area uh, but learn how to set your Instagram up so that it is – very marketable specifically for what you want learn how to set your resume up so that all those skills transfer over and you can present yourself correctly you can have all the awesome high level special forces skills in the world if it if you can't present it correctly you'll look like a knuckle dragger who will not make it in a number of different corporate environments and, and, and a number of different environments in executive protection that can get your resume put at the bottom of the pile um and uh the other the third thing is go to trainings in your area with executive protection professionals and network heavy at those trainings uh contribute and, and and don't just be like oh look how cool i am i'm the best shooter i'm the best most tactical coolest dude here but like serve your class at that training uh you know bring water for everyone one of the days uh do things to make the class look good uh because that's what makes people organically want to work with you uh get yourself a business card whether you have a business or not 
set up your digital contact card on your on your phone. So when you do make contact with people, you can send them a quick contact card. They have your face in there the way you want it in there, uh, your name in there, your, your links, your email. Um, so there's just a few little small things to help you start to realize how to really market yourself. And in my course, in that executive protection training day package, I really talk about how, which Mike just threw that link up, thanks, how to brand yourself. Essentially, what you need to do is you need to rebrand yourself. And there's just some things that you need to make sure that you're really sensitive to when you're doing that with regards to being able to fit into corporate America and um, add brand equity to clients that are in my kind of today's American society. So I hope that answered your question, James. Uh, feel free to let me know uh, if you want more to the left or to the right, brother. But heck yeah, great question. I, I'm digging this like live question format, man. You got gonna, anything on that? I'm going to throw one more thing in there for him. There's a, a website called yeah. Silent Professionals. Um, check out that oh. website. I have oh. a couple friends um, that, you know, were like, one was like Ar uh, Army Ranger, whatever, you know, they were, you know, a couple yeah. badasses. They just like disappear and do contracting, EP work, like randomly. So this website, it has all kinds of different. Com. Yeah, it's silentprofessionals.com. Um, it'll okay. list all kinds of jobs stateside. Um, and all, whether it's uh, executive protection, contracting, uh, it also has stuff overseas, uh, in Mexico, all kinds of stuff. And, and I mean, they're making good money. Like some of them are, you know, 500 a day, thousand a day, uh, yeah. all expenses paid. Like check that website out. Um, you know, it's something I was even looking into. Uh, yeah. it'll be a little bit easier for you because you have military background. So, yeah. but yeah, dude, get, get on that website and you can pick up gigs here and there. Uh, like Byron said, network with people, use that as a, as an opportunity to, to just make any connection that you possibly can. Yeah. Ryan says it's a legit source too. Yeah. So we'll for sure add that link in at the end yep. of, the, of the webinar. Um, and then there's a lot to be said for digitally learning how to digitally market yourself with all these different groups that are out there digitally getting your LinkedIn uh, sphere of influences effectively expanded, not just like friend requesting everybody. Um, so that's a good one, man. There's, there's even, there's a few sites now that uh, um, also oh, that are doing that where you can build a profile and stuff like that. Maybe yeah. I'll look into them and get them on this, on this episode. So, LinkedIn is probably yeah, one of great the question. best or join the platforms that you can use i mean there there's recruiters for Dude. every possible company you can imagine especially yeah. like contracting companies and ep companies yeah triple canopy yeah. Yeah. uh well constellus owns Constellus, triple yeah. canopy and some other ones um but at almost every one of them just search up the company hit people and then look for the recruiters you know look for the recruiters yeah. that um you know, it'll set, you know, it'll give them their, their job title, exact like threat protection. Like it'll give exactly who they are and what they do. Yeah, no, it's solid, man. Uh, LinkedIn is the country club. It's your new resume. It just is. Uh, it's, it's your new resume. And then yeah. the reality of the game is you fuse that, that with on, on ground tactics and you're going to start finding yeah. opportunity yep. straight up. Um, what would you say the climate was like? So yeah, let me know if that, hopefully we answered your question, James. Um, and or join the League of Executive Protection Specialists. We have a network. The network starts working for you. It's dope. Uh, shameless plug, right? 
<laughs> what was the climate like for you, dude, when you when you were inside of uh, when you're inside of law enforcement? Oh man! All right. So anyone, anyone even thinking about law enforcement, and if you're in it, you already know. I love that saying. Right. If you know, you know, because it, I just love it. It's hard to explain. Like for you, you you were in the military deployed. It's hard to explain how that experience was. It's like when they're like, what's combat like? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, what, what's it like to be on the street as a cop and almost have to kill somebody? Like, oh, it's great. You know, yeah. like the climate in law enforcement, especially right now, is cover your ass, uh, do the bare minimum and go home because – Cops are getting jam- uh, cops are getting jammed up left and right, up. so I can't even blame them. Yeah. Like you know, I kind of I kind of fell into that. The, you know, the last I picked it up probably like uh, six months before I left. I started to pick yeah. it up and just hammer it and fucking make arrests and get into stuff. But y- you fall into that. I started yeah hungry. I was hungry, and I was making arrests. Everybody does, man. I, yeah. I, I, I was I was hungry, man, and I was making arrests, 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 arrests which got me on the drug task force doing all the cool guy shit. Right. And then I kind of peaked and then kind of tapered and then I kind of went back up and then you kind of just float, you know, go up and down. But the climate is just cops are afraid to do their job because they don't want to get arrested. They don't want to end up in the news and have their life ruined. I mean, you know, God forbid you do your job, you end up in the news. You're that's it. That's it for you. You know, you're going to have people, protesting outside your house you can't go anywhere in the country without someone you know fucking with you because you're the guy that shot this person even though it was justified so yeah it the climate in in policing is is pretty bad you know guys are afraid to do their job it causes them to hesitate they're going to get hurt more because of it or which is going to cause someone else to get hurt because of their hesitation you know i've seen videos of there was a big one that was going around a few months ago where um, a guy had a knife and two cops show up and they were backing up, backing up. I mean, they must've backed up. Ran what, what, I mean, it, it felt like it was literally <laughs> three, like solid three minutes. They backed up down this road, down this road. Right. Yeah. The cop finally shoots the guy after he charges him with a knife. Right. Trying to stab him. The guy yeah. falls. Unlike the movies where you blast someone and they go flying and they're dead. Nope. Yeah. 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 <laughs> It doesn't happen, okay? Multiple multiple shots don't necessarily take uh, a subject down. So the guy falls, then he gets back up. The cop still doesn't shoot him again. He goes after his partner, gets his partner in almost like a rear naked choke and fucking starts slashing him from behind. And the cop ended up, you know, ended up having a clear shot to shoot him, but because of their hesitation, his partner almost got murdered. You know, and, and yeah. that, that's the climate of policing right now. That kind of explains Dang, it. Man. Cops are, are scared to do their job, and I can't blame them. But listen, that hesitation is going to get you killed or someone else. So do your fucking job, or it's time to go. You know, find or something get, else to do. You know. Yeah, man. No, I couldn't agree more. I remember a climate. I remember the climate in the Marine Corps being like that um, when I was overseas the second time because there was that whole. We were just having an issue with there's the whole, whole thing about the prisons, yeah, and they were stacking bodies and doing all that stuff. And there were some shootings, I think the Haditha massacre had happened recently. 
and they were just on us, man. And yeah. everyone was hesitating, and it got guys killed, you know. Um, and we had the most ridiculous rules of engagement. And yeah. then there's that, that that feeling of, dude, if I do my job, is my chain of command gonna have my back? Mm-hmm. Like, and it do it's li- it's, it's literally the same in law enforcement. <clears throat> yeah, most of your yeah. command is not gonna have your back. They pretend to. No, they're gonna burn. They you. pretend to, but they, they will <laughs> exactly. fucking burn you. If it's if it's you'll if, be a leper. If it's uh, the chief of police, or or let's say your sergeant. I mean, we had four, you know, three or four sergeants working on a platoon plus yeah. a lieutenant in charge of one platoon, right? So if it's yeah. your sergeants and your lieutenant, or you, and then the chief is going to have to answer for your use of force. If you have yeah. to kill somebody. Or, you know, if you discharge your weapon or even if it's hands on and you seriously injure or kill somebody, your chief is going to have to answer that. And if it's uh, a peon or a chief, it's going to be you that gets clipped. It's no, you're, yeah, that's you're the way it be, is. You're going to be a leper. Yeah. They're, they're, they're not, not going to have your back. That's just the way it is. 100%. I, uh, no, I've seen it a million times. Every once in a while you get a good leader, but they're yeah. few and far between. Oh, yeah. You got to protect them. You get them. And and that's the issue um, with and the- politicians, like not just politicians, but let's just say politics across the board at every level, yeah. local, state, federal, that trickle into the police department, and it comes down from the me- from the governor, the mayor, and then the chiefs get it. It there's too many politics mm-hmm. in law enforcement. It should be a complete separation of power. The the mayor should not have any authority over the police departments. Period. It should be the chief of police. That's it. And then he structures his command from there. When when a politician has authority over a police department, that's when that's when things just start going downhill from there. They should have absolutely no power and authority in police departments at all. I couldn't agree more uh, because it's a conflict of interest. Yes. Yes. And, and a lot a lot of. A lot of uh, a lot of mayors and governors use their police as basically, you know, their own personal, you know, security and to do whatever they want. You know, we had issues where yeah. there's things that I disagreed with that came down from the mayor to the chief to us, and I disagreed with yeah. it. And I'm sorry, man. I'm not some I'm not some new guy. I'm gonna buck back if I if I truly disagree with it. And we did things that I didn't agree with, and I would express that. I'm not doing this. I disagree. I think this is absurd, and the, the, the mayor should have no business telling us how to run a police department. You know? 100%. Yeah. I mean, it's like when civilians get in charge of our security details, man. It just oh, my into goodness. Like no idea. Because well, at the end of the day, you know, the client's cringe. in charge. You know? So then the client yeah. is just like, hmm, you know, you guys should do this. I saw it in a movie one time with Whitney Houston. And you're like, seriously? (laughs) Movies are probably one of the worst things that people could do. Like, you watch these movies and, like, I would get into – I wouldn't even – I wouldn't even call it an argument. But, you know, you'd be on the scene or something and someone's like, well, I don't understand why why you can't, you know, dust for prints. Or, like, these people think I'm just going to come with some magic little piece of equipment, pull a fingerprint off of a, a, a dusty piece of wood. And arrest the person yeah. in the next five minutes. I'm like, it doesn't work like that. Like, it's not gonna stop. happen that way. And I, I would try. I would go the extra mile. Like, well, there would be times where you know I would literally be dusting for prints. You know, 
on a car, even if it was a, a partial print, we'd take a photo, you know, we'd have crime scene come out, take a picture of the print and, you know, Hey, they'd run it through the system. If they find something, they find something, but I would try, but you know, people have unrealistic expectations sometimes. Yeah, no, I, well, I mean, 100%. It's like they want a police officer, a hostage negotiator, a social worker, a detective, all rolled up into one person. Um, <laughs> speaking of that, what would you say? Uh, what would you say about the training you guys are getting? Do you feel like it's adequate? No. To do the job out there? No. No. <laughs> uh, training right. in training right. in police departments uh, is horrific. Um, and not, I'm not going to say every single one of them because there are few, very few, but most that just do a terrible yeah. job, a terrible job. And you know, a police officer wears every hat you can imagine. He's a social worker. He's a, right. uh, you know, a mental health professional. He's a, this, he's a, that, and you're expected to go out and it's actually pretty amazing how well police officers do. When you think about the statistics of how how terrible the training is and how well police actually do. So you have upwards of 385-ish million contacts between police and citizens every year. That's everything from a cop stops to help you change your tire. Uh, they show up on a medical call. You get arrested, whatever, right? Out of that, there's around 12 million. 300 and Around, million with a M. around 385 million police citizen contacts. Million. million, right? There across, should be a lot more drama, man. Across like, the board. So, like, like I, sometimes I feel like maybe people didn't get their cameras out because there yeah. should be a lot more drama. If so, my guys were having that many contacts, I'd be like – So out of, probably, out, of, <laughs> out of that, nationwide, you yeah. have around 12 million charges filed out of almost 400 million police contacts. Okay. Now, okay. out of that, there's around 40, 40-ish thousand cops that are assaulted. And yeah. there's a thousand or less that are killed by police. I mean, when you think about it, police do a fucking amazing job with the, the bare – and when I say bare minimum training, I mean bare minimum – bare minimum training. Bare bones Bare training. bones training. And they do that good of a job. It's it's pretty amazing, you know. Like it's the, decision making for yeah, it's, for it's, you know for to give you guys an example of how bad the training is. We would qualify in the spring and the fall firearms, right? Spring and fall qual. Two twice, times. A, twice a year. That's it. Defensive tactics. Now that's handcuffing. Anything basically hands on, right? How many hours do you think a year? Take a guess. A year. This is a like a, this should almost be a month, a weekly kind of a year. Kind of, kind of how, many, how many hours a year for something cops do every day? I mean, I mean, is it, I, I can't even. I mean, at least two training days, like sixty four hours a year. Four hours, <laughs> guys. Golly. I'm not. So, I'm not exaggerating. We would have four hours a year. On defensive so, tactics. So this is why essentially, I mean, in my opinion, a lot of the officers I know that are legit dudes, they just train on their own, man. Yes. Like we just it, see them out there at the shooting competitions. We just see them at the gym. They're just like, dude. The just, only – You know, it comes down to that, that whole thing. It's like it's got to be more than just a job. It's got to be a lifestyle. 
It has to be. Listen, guys, if you are in law enforcement <laughs> or even executive protection, a gun like Byron's, yeah, yeah, if you're in any type of realm of protection and law enforcement, whatever, you're not going to get training. I'm, you're, I'm gonna, you're an yeah. anomaly. Okay, I'm gonna say you and your guys, you train. You're an anomaly. Let, <laughs> let's you. let's just say trying to change that. We're trying. Yeah, let, let's trying say to law enforcement. Law enforcement that. specifically. We know and we complain all the time how dangerous the job is and how tough it is. And you don't understand. You never did the job. That's true. However, what are you doing? Yeah. On your own to make sure you're trained. And this is one thing that I got a lot of a lot of. Uh, negative feedback from cops that were upset that I would talk about it. But listen, you could go to your job right now, get on the road and you get fucking killed. You, the job is dangerous. Yeah. Okay? Every day it's a blank check. Every day you have yeah. no idea. It's a blank check. You go to work. You know, there were times where, cause we responded to everything. I'd be picking up an old lady off the floor, helping her up onto her chair mm -hmm. And then a call comes in for a shooting. And now I got to go respond. I got to turn on, uh, you know, nice guy and go into full on mm -hmm. fucking warrior mode, you know, ready, life, yeah. ready, to, ready to have a gunfight. And if you don't train, you suck. Yeah. Okay. You're not going to be efficient at your you job. Suck. <laughs> you're going to, you're not, you're not going to be a good, uh, you know, you're not good backup. Okay. Think about it like this. And one thing I, I always tried to think about, what kind of cop, if your wife, your daughter, your whatever, someone you truly, truly care about, if, if they called police right now, total emergency, fucking shots are being fired, they're at the mall, or someone's breaking in their house, whatever, mm -hmm. would you want you to show up or another guy that you work with that actually has their shit together? Think about yeah. it like that. Yeah. If you if you can't yeah, uh, and hold, I mean for real hold yourself accountable if you can't honestly say I would want to be the one to show up because I got this you need to get your shit together yeah. and and start training that's it fitness and we say the same thing I'm like everything all of it no I say the same thing man it's it's would you want you protecting your family your daughter yeah. your wife while you're away at work like it's, yep. this is the whole this is the question you know. Uh, is a question you have to ask yourself. And it is. It's fitness. It's firearms. And it's soft skills, man. It's decision-making. It's yeah. social dynamics. It's, you know, it's, all it's these a, different things. And it's it's uh, a little bit of everything. It has to be a lifestyle. And I, and I have people that ask me all the time, like, okay, how, how do you – and it's easier now because I can pretty much make my own schedule, which is awesome. But, you know, I get a lot of so questions. Amazing. Well, how, <laughs> how, did you, how did you balance law enforcement, family, and training? So here's what I'm going to tell you. If you don't go into the gym or to the range or whatever with a plan, you already screwed yourself. Have a plan. Day okay, fun. I'm going to go to the gym. Let's say it's Monday. I'm going to train uh, a little bit of chest. I'm going to do some jump rope, hit the heavy bag, I'm out. And, you know, a gym is a, a great place to market. Like I've met some really cool people at the gym. But if you're really yeah. restricted on time, don't talk to you. Got to work out. And seriously, just stick to it. Have a plan for every single day. Block out even 45 minutes to an hour. You don't need you know two three hours at the gym. 
if you go to the range, have a plan. Okay, today I'm going to work um, drawing from concealment, right? Today I'm going to work moving. Yeah. Looks like we lost some. Yo, I see some questions over here in the uh, question column. Jordan, I am EPTV loving it so far. Added to loan, uh, adding to someone's question from your experience. What type of person is more appealing to clients and companies? Regular civilian or those with former military law enforcement background, exclusion, skill set uh, that you teach? Uh, I would say, hey, bro, hitting me these. I keep, I keep, I keep get, I keep getting phone calls, so it like shuts me out. Uh, it's like shuts the whole game down. All right, yeah. let me answer Jordan's question real quick because now I'm into it. Uh, let's say, um, when it comes to advantages for getting hired as an executive protection professional, law enforcement background does help. Military does help. Civilian background with training also is good. In my opinion, it depends on how you present yourself. So it's a military, there's military and law enforcement all throughout the industry. Um, so it's, there is that and there is that code and there's that brotherhood and there is that. But, you know, when you look at your Elijah Shaw's, Christian West, uh, Jared Venderese, there's people at the top of the industry who also are just pure civilians. So if you have a hiring manager that's been in the game for a while, you know that law enforcement officers come with their own issues, like the cups. Maybe like it's not half empty sometimes. Sometimes they're like, oh, this is easy because I, just, I was the cop and that was hard and this should be easy. And you got to teach them stuff. Military guys come with the whole like, like, <laughs> like they're just so harsh and rough around the edges, especially Marines. We got to like literally, and then they get bored and then they want to leave because they're bored. And they're like, this is stupid because they're bored. You know what I mean? So you have to deal with all these uh, this kind of inner psychic friction cognitive dissonance that comes with both of these professions. And then with the civilians, they have something to prove. So they're like, yo, I haven't done this before, so I'm going to get all the training I can, and I'm going to do the best job I can, which is what I see out of civilians a lot. So um, it depends on your hiring manager, but don't think for one second that because you don't have law enforcement or, 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 uh, or military in your background that it, it is a, it's a totally negative thing. Because a lot of professionals I talk to think the same way I do. Um, military guys are awesome as long as they can manage that internal space. Law enforcement officers, amazing as long as they can manage that internal space. Civilians, same thing as long as they can manage that. Uh, because the downside of the civilian is that they have an inferiority complex and they want to try and prove something all the time and want to prove that they're better than everyone. And then that gets exhausting. So. Yeah. Um, it really comes down to how you market yourself and uh, and those other things. See me knock another one of these out. Uh, someone's asking me, Lonnie Byron says you don't need experience. But does it help to have experience because I have none? Listen, you definitely need to have good training to get in the industry. You definitely need to um, you need to invest in yourself. Don't come into this thing blind thinking you're going to be just perfectly fine. But you can transition into executive protection from college from being a barista, from being a, a cook, as long as you invest in yourself and get the proper training. Um, and in fact, a number of those other sales-oriented industries and uh, uh, per, and, and service-related industries, what they do, do is they help, help you learn how to serve the client. So actually, it is great training for learning how to be an executive protection agent because that's the biggest, one of the biggest things that us meat eaters deal with is getting going from 
you know, driving to that firefight or freaking clearing houses and trash in another country uh, back to back to back to back to back to coming here. And then a client's like, yo, uh, why is my coffee not here at, you know, this exact time at this exact temperature? And then you're sitting there like, this, this dude's serious, man. <laughs> this dude's sitting this how it is now, you know? Um, so that's, yeah, that's what I would say about that, man. Make sure you're investing in yourself. You need training, but you, now that the industry is so big and there's so many major companies, you can get away without, uh, without having to have so much prior experience. I like a fresh guy cause I can train him the way I want him to be. Um, let's see. What are you guys' thoughts on contract service for threat analysis, penetration testing? Safety and security reviews. Kevin, um, sophisticated question. I think that that's an emerging market that is extremely important. Um, and I wish, honestly, more civilians really would leverage all that stuff, the penetration testing and, um, and, 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 and all of the more digital security assets that exist in the private security industry because they're being targeted. I wish that more like upper middle class people you know, uh, since, you know, that they're largely being targeted, they can't afford security, but they still have enough assets to maybe drop a, you know, 50 to hundred K in someone else's bank account. If they get taken advantage of the right way, I really wish we'd see a lot more of that stuff being rolled out in the civilian market. And I'd love to try to bring that actually to the civilian market, um, a lot more. Um, so yeah, I mean, that would be my two cents on that. Do you have anything to add on that? I mean, I, I agree. I think there's a, a huge market for, um, for civilians to do a lot of different things yeah. that they just don't do. Uh, I, I mean, yeah. if you, I guess people think that there's such big companies out there that, you know, why, why should they take the risk? Like if you, if you have that kind of knowledge and, and experience, don't be afraid to, to take the risk and do it guys. Um, because that, that kind 100%. of stuff is absolutely needed. Absolutely needed. Yeah. And it's like the biggest payoff in the world when you execute on it and you create yeah. a new reality by creating a new product. It's like the most amazing thing in the, in the universe. Uh, in fact, a little secret, when I first started doing executive protection, I didn't even really like it that much. I was like, I got to do more than this. And then it wasn't until I started having success in my other businesses and then my executive protection career was feeding my ability to do those other businesses. Then I really started to be like, yo, like I really started to be like, this is really important that I do good in this. This is feeding all the other things. Then I really started dig in and really apply myself because, you know, I came literally straight from Iraq into, into, you know, Bentleys and Rodeo Drive and private jets and hotels and things. And I was like, I was like an animal. I was like, <laughs> I'm glad I made it. I'm just glad I made it by the grace of God. Thank God for people taking me under their wing, man. Good relationships, really. Um, okay. And sometimes it isn't glamorous. Yeah, sometimes it's really not glamorous. Uh, let's see here. Next question for you, brother. What would you say about race relations and policing? Like, did you have any issues? What is your approach? What are your thoughts on it? You know what I'm saying? I mean, you don't get to hear from law enforcement you're, people. You're always going to run into issues with, with race. <clears throat> I, yeah. don't, I don't think no matter what we do, those issues will ever go away. Um, uh, hu humans, I think will be humans forever till we're extinct. Um, I think that we, we, there's a lot of things that we could do in the law enforcement community that could improve it. Um, that they just don't, you know, manpower issues and 
I don't know, maybe they just don't really care to have, you know, community programs. I think a big issue with law enforcement is things that are negative are incentivized, right? So making an arrest, writing people tickets, which I hated, by the way. You know how many speeding tickets I wrote in 10 years? Uh... Really? You got a little zero? That was literally zero. my biggest freaking zero. Point. I was like, I just, there was like, why wouldn't you become a cop? I'm like, I just don't know if zero. I can myself to, to write a ticket for someone speeding. Can't just, make me I do it. You can't make me do it. You don't have a nice day. Stop, slow down. I'd be like, just, I don't know. <laughs> this, this, this is, I'm this guy. Uh, hey, uh, Shaw, you wrote, you didn't, you wrote two traffic citations uh, last month. You gotta, you yeah. gotta, you know, gotta get some better numbers. How many exactly? Hmm? How many? How many yeah. would you like me to write a month, sir? Hmm? Oh, well, I can't. I, I can't. Get, oh, I know you can't. So shut up. <laughs> so you know, but, you know, but, so point, but point being is all the negative things are incentivized, right? It's not incentivized mm-hmm. for me to go out and hang out with the community and just build relationships with them. The negative things are incentivized. Making an arrest, even if it's bullshit which sometimes they are, you know, and there's people that get arrested when they don't need to. And that could be whether, you know, whether it's a, a, a non-traffic citation or an actual arrest where they have to go, you know, get booked and everything, writing citations for traffic stuff. That's all incentivized. They get grant money, they yeah. get funding, you know, all the bosses love it. How come it's not incentivized for me to go hang out in the worst part of my city like I did and give skateboard, skateboards to kids like I did and just hang out and just build relationships with them. Because guess what? When we have a murder, guess who? Uh, it's about guess the only they, way you're going to hear anything. <laughs> guess, guess who they came to talk to? Yeah. Me. Hey, Shaw, um, here, you know, here's what I saw. And these are people that they <laughs> take that no snitching shit serious. You know? Oh, yeah. It's the, so, you know, in my opinion, the negative things are are incentivized too often and all of these other like community programs, all these things that cops could be doing are not. It's just not. I, I, I don't I don't huh. understand why. Yeah, that's a good why, perspective. You know, I haven't heard that. I don't understand why well, why it's like well I I can understand from a, a funding part, but why is the like let's say the state or the federal government gives grant funding for whatever, right? Well, community why, time. Yeah. Like, like, why don't they give grant funding for hey i want to go out and just you know with a few cops and just fucking build relationships with my community why don't they have yeah in, you know incentives for that and funding for that instead of me making mass arrests and mass citations you know it just yeah just the way it is so you know and and enforcement is such a small portion of the job and i think that I think that cops forget that sometimes because, you know, we, we, we want to run and gun. That's what we call it, right? We want the action. We want the fun right. shit. We want to go, you know, we want to run into buildings and kick doors in and whoa, blah, 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 all that cool right. shit. Well, yeah, that's fun, but that's, that's not all of what the job is about. Enforcement is a very, very small portion, and that, I think that's where we're really messing up. We're focusing too much on, on that, on the arrests and the citations. And we kind of let all of the other productive things go, like community policing and, you know, just get, in, get out of your car and go talk to someone <laughs> in your community. You know, because the only yeah. – think about how often you see a cop. 
do you interact with him? No, he's just driving by. There's there's really no interaction between the public and the police. That's that's another issue. Dang, man. I Because uh, I think what would happen is at first you would get out of the car and people would be like, oh, my gosh, you know, the cops are here. Oh, yeah, dude. And then like, the second you just like say, yo, what's up, man? What you doing? Dude, and the, just start hanging out. The first time I get out, it, they'd probably be like, "Oh my gosh! Oh wait, we're just kicking it like that can happen." <laughs> the first time I, the first time I did it, and it's I didn't even post about it because there, there's a lot of things that I, I do and did that I just never posted about because uh-huh. not everything requires you to post about it, right? Right. So, uh, me and a couple friends who are local business owners, we uh, bought all school supplies, backpacks, right, right. markers, all kind. I mean, like. It, there was probably 200 backpacks filled with notepads and pens and crayons and all this shit, right? Heck yeah! So awesome. I, I didn't, I didn't post it. I didn't, I didn't have anything to do with. I mean, I did it at work, but I didn't. I just kind of did it on my own and didn't tell anybody. Yeah. I went to literally one of the worst streets in in, in the entire city, and I, I parked. I got out, and this is in the summer, like it was probably around August, and everyone's like. Like, what, what does this cop want? And, you know, I just went up. I started chatting with people on their porch. And I said, hey, if you guys know any kids that need school supplies, I have boxes and boxes of them in my patrol car. And they were like, wait, what? You're giving them, you're giving them away for free? I was like, absolutely. So I probably had kids for, you know, three, four blocks running up to my car. You know, there's little kids like hugging me. Like, you know, I think that, when you just treat someone like a human, that's really all they want. Yeah. You know what I mean? They just want that. Far. They want that, that, that connection. Mm-hmm. And Respect, connection, relationships, man. Just like it, good man. business, it's relationships. That's it. Everything comes down to stinking relationships, man. And and if we could focus on the relationships, I think, I think also we could do a much better job, dude, like hundred percent. That's how you fix a lot of things, man. Even yeah. with all the messaging going on today, it's like, oh, yeah, you know, they make fe- people feel like if they're like Republican or Democrat, they're like different gangs. Yeah. But yeah. then, like, if you guys ever square up and like actually talk about it respectfully, it's like, oh, we actually agree on like 90% of everything. Yeah. But like yeah. one or two hardcore issues. But it's like, you know, it's like rooting for different teams in the, the mm-hmm. you know, a football game. It's like, it doesn't mean we have to like fight to the death. The other yeah. Thing. It's like, you're the humanity is maintained. Cool, man. So, what would you say is the hardest lesson you've learned? Uh, hardest lesson you've learned in the, in that field, man. Oh my god. Um, I think the hardest lesson is probably being unprepared. Okay. You know, like when you for some of those in here earlier that have said they were in the process or interested in law enforcement. Yeah. When you go to, to get hired and you get interviewed, they talk their department up, you know, it all, how great it's the greatest thing in the world. Greatest show on earth. You're not prepared mentally for all of the things that are going to come your way. And that's probably the biggest lesson I learned over time. And it, Mm. it really takes a long time, unfortunately to see that. Right. But yeah, that's, that's the biggest lesson is I just wasn't, I wasn't prepared. I was like, Oh, this is, this is the greatest. And you know, the, you're not ready for the, the, the mental 
aspect of it, the politics seeping into it, being treated the way that you do, because, you know, the, when you get hired, oh, it's great. You know, oh, it's Honeymoon all fun. Phase. So, yeah, it's all good. You know, departments, they don't tell you the truth when they hire you, and they do a really bad job at and not just preparing you physically and training, but preparing you mentally and and making sure that each year, hey, my officer is good mentally. You know, it's just you're kind of on your own. You get hired, you have to do a couple qualifications, and you kind of have to navigate your own way Figure through. It out. You know, it's and and that's where well, I don't know how many times we're gonna hit on it. Relationships. You know, you, yeah. you, you make the right relationships and people are going to help guide you. Like if you guys have any questions, man, yeah. DM me. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll try to help you best I can. And if I don't know, I'll direct you to someone who does. Yeah, I have no right. problem telling you that I don't know. I don't know everything. Yeah, no, I'm right there with you, man. Uh, awesome. What would you say would be your proudest moments in the field? Proudest moment in the field? I think my proudest moments are just being out there with the community, you know, because I, I got, I got in, I got in such a, you know, such like that run and gun mentality. Like I just wanted to go out yeah. and do cool stuff. Well, yeah, that's great and all, but it's, it doesn't really you know, like you respond to things, you know what I mean? Something happened, you responded to it. You're not, yeah. you're not having an impact on the kids who are going mm-hmm. to grow up and either be a criminal or be, you know, it's, you know, so a productive member of society or not. And, you know, you have, there's so the police officers are the most powerful people in society. Right. I, Mm. I had, I had the authority to take your freedom away. Okay. I could slap you in handcuffs, charge you based on what I'm saying. And, and this criminal complaint is true. Right. I don't really need evidence yeah. until the preliminary, preliminary hearing. I can arrest you based on my word. So I could take your freedom yeah. and, I can, and I can kill you. And, and, those, are, and, those, are, and those are two things that uh, you know, I really, really, really took serious. And you know, cops yeah. are the most powerful people in, in, in the community. And, and not just in those two aspects – but the impact that you can have on someone's life, I'll give you an example. This just popped in my head. Huge, I'll give you an example. Yeah. This just popped in my head. One of my proudest moments, I pulled over. Uh, I pulled over this. Uh, she was probably like 23-ish, right? Mm-hmm. Pulled over this girl. Flying up the wrong way on this tiny-ass road. I mean like tiny little road flying up the one way. She saw me, saw me turn around, so tried to get away. Mm-hmm. She didn't know where she was going. I ended up pulling over. Long story short, suspended license, no insurance. Uh, I, I think the car's registration was out. Um, Bad decisions. She, yeah, she she compounding is, effect. Yeah, she was uh, an avid user of heroin. It nice. was it was so obvious. I mean, strung mm-hmm. out, fucking sores yeah. everywhere. I could obviously see it. Dealt with thousands of these people. So long story short, I end up giving her a couple tickets. I didn't tow mm-hmm. her car. I let a friend come pick it up. And she was, you know, they all cry. Every time someone gets arrested, they all cry. They all cry. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to get my license back. I'm trying to go to rehab, trying to do this. I've yeah, heard that yeah, shit so many yeah. times. So I was, yeah. like, you know, I was very nice. I said, listen, 
if you can prove to me that you're being honest with me and you're, you're trying to change your life, when it comes time for the preliminary hearing, if you could prove it, I'm going to help you. I'll give you my word. Well, mm-hmm. she ended up by, you know, and it was continued, continued, continued. So I think we had the prelim like, like six months later, dude, this girl, I didn't even recognize her. She looked really? like she, she, she went to rehab, never touched heroin again, got her license wow. back. So I ended up talking with the judge and we, we ended up throwing the citations out because it would end up, uh, you know, uh, yeah, suspending her license for a year and all this other shit. Um, that was, and, and then she, you know, the amount that she thanked me for intervening and arresting her, not giving her a break, but still treating her like a human with respect. I'll never forget that. Never. That was probably one of, one of the proudest moments. That's awesome, man. And the ability for you to have the social dynamics to govern in that moment and like do what needs to be done, not just what you're supposed to do. Like, you know what I mean? Like, not just like be like, no, by the book, man. You're well, and and that's and that's the problem. Actually, that's the problem with needed to be done. Letter of the law and color of the law or spirit of the law, right? Yeah. Just because the law says this doesn't mean that's absolutely what I have to do every single time. And right. bo- you know, body cams, dash cams, the political pressure, discretion is being taken away from police officers. Right. So if that happened right now and I was still a cop, I might not be able to do that because they right. might look at my video and be like, no, you need to charge her with this and this and this and this and this. You should have towed her car. You know, because again, that's all incentivized to, to make yeah. those arrests and write those tickets. And it's not, it's not incentivized to actually give a shit about somebody and help them and treat them like a human. It's just not. It's just the way it is. Ah, dang. I think we're knocking on something that, I mean, that's something that has got to be, I have weakened it. Yeah, that's important. <laughs> that's important. That's all I can say, man. It's a complicated, sophisticated issue. It's ultra important. Um, into our closing questions here, what would you, uh, there's a new one that I threw in. Who would you nominate to come on the show, man? Who do you think would be good to come on here and talk about protection, protectors, these types of issues? You can think about it if no one comes to mind. Uh-huh. Man, when you put some on blast, you have, just have a brain fart, right? Yeah, um, no, I know. The other question is your favorite quote or mantra. It's coming up. I'm just warning you. That one that one gets people stuck too. Yeah, I don't I don't know if I really have the next Well, one. I'll give you Think about it's, it and it, you, can, you can DM One of my favorite you is based on the shirt that I made, Good Men Are Violent, which I'll tell you in a second. Woo! So, you Jordan Peterson on Yeah! My man! My man yeah, knows! Man. Yes, yes, yes! So, yes. I don't know, like, uh, Jerry, Jerry Pitka, uh, okay. Mike Levy, Knockout Lights, those are two guys yeah, I would really I, like yeah, to hear no, from. Knockout Lights on um, the, this last Kawa, season. I would love to hear from Kawa. Um, okay. Hmm... Who was the first one you said again? Jerry? Uh, I forget uh, I forget his last name. Uh, it's P- PDKA. Jer- Jerry. Ah, Pinta. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah, I think yeah, he no. actually – I think he actually does executive protection too. Yeah, he was, no, he does. He, yeah, he was an L.A. cop for a while and then transitioned out and does, you know, all kinds of shit. Yeah, we've um, done some stuff before, man. We've done some stuff before. He's a, he's a, he's a solid he's, dude. I actually know him. He's a friend. Yeah. yeah. So going back Sweet. to the quote. I, yes, I, can't, I can't really remember it verbatim, but okay. So good men are violent. And I had, when I posted about it, I had questions like, oh, well, 
Are you saying that, you know, a, 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 <laughs> woman, a woman beater is a nice guy? No. Listen. Okay. Get him. So Jordan Peterson had – this was in a couple interviews. And basically yes. what he talked about was weak men and harmless men are not good men, which they are not. Yep. If yep. I am out with my family and I don't have the mm-hmm. fitness or the skills or the training to keep them safe, I am not a good man. Yeah, I am not a good a, man. A harmless, you're a defenseless yes, man. You're you are, you are yeah. defenseless beta male that that really needs to reconsider how you know how he's conducting himself. And so, what you can do for your family. Exactly. So <laughs> to finish that, what he talked about was a good man is a violent man that has it under voluntary control. He's not saying that uh, a violent man, just, you know, wild, uncontrolled violence is a, you know, a great person. No, I am a nice person. Byron is a nice person, right? If we need to, we have the skills and the training and the equipment to pretty much handle whatever, you know, and I know I'm pretty confident that I can keep my family safe and out of danger you know, and that that's what makes a good man. So, yes, good men are violent, controlled violence. I love it, man. Controlled violence. Yes. Power without purpose is a problem, yep. man. I love that quote so much. Yep. I went and put it in my presentation for the oh, symposium. Yeah. I was like, we were talking about protectors, protector psychology. I'm like, how how good are you if you're Jor- Jordan Peterson is probably one of Homie. the one of the best people to live. Dude, if you could figure out how to get Jordan Peterson on. I'm gonna work on it. We got. We <laughs> we'll gotta. See. We gotta. I, I gotta find out yeah. if I know anyone that has ever connected with him or something. Because him. yeah, that that guy he, just his his the not just his knowledge and his intelligence, the way he can like art, the way he and, can articulate things is yeah, just on another planet. It's insane. Dude, I went through his book, uh, The Twelve Laws. I think yeah, and it was good for me. It started off a little bit like a little bit like okay, this is like not deep. Like this is yeah, okay, cool, confirming things. And then towards the end, it got amazing. And then I was like, that was great. Let me go on ahead and check out his other book, Maps of Meaning. This Maps of Meaning book, homie. This Maps of Meaning book, bro, is so chewy. And I only do audiobooks. Yeah, I'm a grunt in the Marine Corps. <laughs> like boy, dude. Yeah, I, me too. Audiobooks in the car. This Maps of Meaning book is so chewy. It's been like six months. I'm still not done with the thing, but the information is so yeah. rich. Like I can listen. I've been listening to audiobooks for the better part of a decade. You know, I'm like 300 some odd audiobooks deep. Like I can, I listen to everything on two on two times speed. So I my audio like rec- recognition and I learn. That's my main mode, right? I can only do this book for like. 20 minutes without not being able to pay attention or fall asleep because the <laughs> yeah. information is so rich and he uh, has so many layers to everything he says. And it's like my buddy said, he's like interpreting your subconscious. Yeah. Because like yeah. he's talking about these archetypes and the what yep. it really means on all these deep, deep levels. And like, and you're like, really? And you're like, that's what the color orange really always yeah. meant. Our ancestors used to see yeah. orange giraffes. And, and it's like all this stuff's happening. And you're like, wow. The, the <laughs> yeah, way man. that he can articulate things is I've never seen anyone, anyone yeah, that can no, do it. That guy, that guy is just beyond I mean, he's human. He's one of the most important speakers. Yeah. 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 
He's one of the most important speakers of our time. I posted something about personal responsibility yeah. is this morning, and it's going to upset everybody. Well, anybody, that's the thing. There's like a war going on. It's like a war going on between people who don't want to take personal responsibility yeah. versus people that are like, that's the answer to everything, yeah. basically. <laughs> you know, so uh, I definitely start fights on my page with that. Yeah, man. <laughs> Little Jordan Peterson break. That's good stuff, dude. That's an awesome quote, man. A uh, habit or kind of a daily thing or ritual you think people should look at implementing into their life that's that, that's made you better or you think can make people better? Um, food. I would start with food. how you how you wake up and start your day. You know, you start okay. it with, with a good breakfast. Um, yeah. You know, have you know start if you're not at the gym or if you yeah. are and you're kind of like you know plateaued or kind of bored. Just figure mm-hmm. out, you know, ways to, to, to be excited about it. You know, get, get some, mm-hmm. maybe try some boxing, get some jump rope in there. You know, just the, the more, the more you get into these little habits of like, okay, I wake up, I like to have my, my egg omelet with my blueberry oatmeal and mangoes and my coffee. If I don't have that breakfast, my day sucks. It uh-huh. doesn't suck, but it does. It just, but it's like off. It, it just, it just, you know. Eh, it's just not the it, way yeah. you know. Yeah. My day's not terrible, but it just doesn't feel the same. Like I right. like to start my day with that. Um, my back always hurts, so I like to stretch a little bit. Yeah. Um, and then I like to plan my day out. Okay, today I'm gonna, um, you know, like stuff for the business. All right, today I want to get uh, two logos done, or today I want to, you know, I want, I kind of want to make a list for myself. You know, mm-hmm. and it doesn't always go as planned. Sometimes yeah. you get busy, sometimes you get lazy, whatever. But try to have things planned out. Like make four, even four, four goals for yourself for the day. You know, like mm-hmm. go to the gym, uh, make a logo, what you know, make some yeah. phone calls, send some emails, you know, what whatever, whatever industry or whatever you guys are doing, set set those goals for yourself and try to just knock them all off throughout the day. Listen to an you know, audio book. Any, I mean, yeah. literally could be anything. Just I like my breakfast, my exercise during the day, and then I work around that and get all my business stuff done. So I couldn't agree more, dude. Um, that and I find my sweet spot is like three to five of those little bullet points. Yeah, it's like three to five of those little bullet points, and I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna white knuckle and get these <laughs> my little three to yeah. five bullet points done. Um, and once I get that trash done, then like. I'm going to freestyle on all the other projects or whatever, a family or whatever is cool. That's fine. Um, but uh, yeah, man, no, that's really good advice. Just start the day with a goal. And then you get to go to bed with self-respect. You get to mm-hmm. go to bed being like, yo, I got my three, five things done and I'm good. And you're making progress, which we all know progress equals happiness. It, it, so, it feels good to, to accomplish something. It doesn't have to be right. anything extravagant, you know, but like the days where I feel like I didn't really accomplish anything. I don't, I just I don't feel as as happy. I don't feel as fulfilled. And then like by the end of the night, I'm like I'm like shit, man. I really I really could have gotten this done and that done, and I really should yeah. have. You know, it doesn't. It's not a mm-hmm. good fe- for me at least. It's not a good feeling when you know if you're just like Netflix and chill all day. Like that doesn't feel no, good. No, you man, feel you know? like crap, man. You know, yeah. it's like it's like not working out. It's like eh, yeah. It know? gets you into a really really lazy mentality, is what it does. Yeah, and you can feel the corrosion kind of yeah. happening. You know, like you can feel it's like, ah, we got to go for a walk. We yep. got to get out of the house and do something <laughs> halfway through the day. Man, that's been good. 
I mean, you had so many people on this thing that was jamming us up on on the on the wife on the actual system. So I got to figure out how we're going to do this thing. It's been good hanging with you guys. Um, one, yo, is that one of your shirts right there, bro? That good men are violent. That's shirt? my that's my shirt, man. Yo, bro, I might have to sleep, I might have to swoop one of these up from. Yeah, you. I got you. I gotta you. you know send me the link or do whatever the thing you. is, man. I got That's gonna be one of my Monday morning one of my workout shirts. I'll be yeah. wearing while I'm talking. I'm talking to everybody, man, for sure. And then, you know, what are you doing these days? One of the guys asked if you're still doing community stuff. What are you up to these days and where can people find you, brother? I'm, so I'm always trying to figure out different ways to do, like, some community outreach. You don't have to be a cop yeah. to do stuff with community. I yeah, have, um, I think, 200 – a box of 200 socks from uh, Soldier Socks. Great company. Awesome company. Okay. They sent They sent it to me. I'm going to – it kind of got pushed off because of COVID and everything was closed, but um, yeah. we're going to give those out at the uh, homeless shelters or you know families in need. Okay. Um, and that's where the networking and building relationships with these companies through social media can, can help you do some good if you really want to do some good. Um, I have 15 skateboards I have to give away. Uh, I'm currently – I'm trying to get um, Randall Pitch. I don't know. If he's the owner of Lift Fit Apparel. He lives out in California. I'm trying to get him and a okay. couple other guys here to do some skateboarding stuff. Uh, and then I'm trying to get with uh, Rob Bailey and Dana Bailey to have another um, law enforcement slash first responder workout at their gym in Reading, PA that we did two, I think two years ago. I did it with uh, Tony Sentmanot, which was fucking awesome. It was legit. We had like 200 people there. Is that how you say his name? I've been calling yeah, him Tony Sentmanot to the mic. <laughs> Sentmanot. <laughs> Uh, he's like I love the guy. Like yo, I totally look up to him. He represents he is, for the big dudes. Bro, he you know is probably like, nope. one of the most fucking humble people that you can ever meet. That dude is yeah. Really I really, really That's like awesome. him. And like the way like his stories, you know, from really, the military I, to police, like that dude's been involved in pretty yeah. much everything. And it's it's really he's a really cool person to hang out with. I like him. So yeah, I try I try to Man, do a little yeah, bit of everything. I'm trying to get a hold of him. Uh -huh. I try to do a little bit of everything, guys. You don't have to be some big shot on social media. Having a lot of followers doesn't mean anything. You know, you can still do stuff with your community. Find shelters, find organizations to get involved in, especially human trafficking organizations, which a lot of people don't even want to talk about. Um, there's a lot of stuff that you can do. A lot. So, yes. All right? There really is... There seems to be more and more stuff in the realm of human trafficking now. Yo, I don't, I don't know there. what it is. Um, I don't know what, I don't know what the trend is right now for people to be blasting out there about human trafficking. But this is a trend I can yeah. get behind. I love it. Instead yeah. of all these, like, I'm like finally dance, something I can like, right? Exactly. Like okay, all these dance challenges and all this stupid shit. Like <laughs> this is a trend I can get behind. Posting about. You know, a million kids a year going missing and 30, 40 million people currently fucking enslaved in sex trafficking and hard labor. Like right dude, now, right, right now in 2020 in 2020, like right now, they're in, like, yeah, right now, right there, now. there are tens of millions of slaves right now. And people are, you know, right. oh, let me do this dance challenge like. First of all, I can't dance for shit, so I'm not even gonna try. You know, but like, I'm, I'm I'm white, man. I can't dance for shit. But like all these, you know, all these different challenges, and like you know, it's amazing that people just jump on it 
it's posted millions and millions of times. And then the things Repost, that, blo- yeah. yeah, the things that blow up are like, Oh, I'm offended wow. at this statue. I don't like the statue. And like, I think we're being forced by politicians and the media to be distracted about things and to like hyper focus on, Oh, look at this. Like, Oh, this is bad. Cops are bad. They're evil and racist yeah. killers. They just go to work and try to kill black men. And Oh, these statues yeah. got to take them all down. They're distracting you from all the other things that wear are going your ma- on. Mask. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Make sure you wear your mask. And then wear your mask, right? Yeah, I totally do. Uh, and the, the, yeah, yeah. You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to make me do it. I. Uh, and then the, the, when I was talking to some guys that are big in the human trafficking game the other day, and there have been it's like seventy to eighty politicians have been arrested over the course of this year, indicted and arrested. Over this sex trafficking thing, it's real, but, son. Like I'm gonna have some guys on the podcast to talk about it, but and and, it's who, not and just how, some conspiracy how often stuff. how often do you hear about it from mainstream media? Z- zero. zero. They're zero. over bugging us about wearing masks. There were like, there have been Democrat know, there have been Democratic mayors, right there have been celebrities and other politicians arrested for human trafficking, sex trafficking, having sex with fucking kids, kids. There's very few things that like make yeah. my blood boil, but that's one of them that just makes me yeah. Yeah. really, really angry. We're it's talking about, like the one, the one, like we can disagree on just about anything you can imagine. The one thing that we should all agree on is protecting mm-hmm. our kids. Period. And we don't. Yes. People can't even agree on that. Period. Yeah. There should be no discussion. Protect kids at all costs. And raise them to be better than we are right now. That's it. And we're doing a shitty job at it. Let's see here. Hey, guys. Greetings from Chile. Yo, what's up? Danilo, good to see you, man. We had a pretty far-reaching group of people on here, man. The system can barely handle it, actually. Uh, Let's see here. Thank you, Mike. Great topics. Daniel, thanks you guys let's see if mike can get back on here one more time man great meeting you guys have any more questions for me before we leave uh someone was saying they wanted me to mentor them i'm saying dude join the executive protection training day success package and the league and once you get into the league every single week i show up i do q a's like this and honestly it's the best way for me to mentor the largest number of people and that's why i set the structure up that way so if you're looking to get into private security learn how to get into private security learn how to market yourself and all that stuff that's to answer that specific question. I built that exact mechanism to do that exact thing, um, and it's just it's it's an amazing. It's more than just a training. It's way more than just training. It's 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 uh, literally it's literally uh, uh, a group. It's literally you do your career with other professionals that are also doing their careers. Thanks, Mike, for throwing it up there, man. Um, and then I do my career with you as your consultant as you go through your career, you know, and then obviously as I have opportunities, that's where they come from. And then I also market you guys to the industry. Um, I, I market our private security executive protection specialists to the industry. Um, uh, on the backside of my website, you get a profile and all that stuff. So you get follow on training and then you get marketed to the industry as well. So um, that's why I say that the success package I put together will do more for you than any other training you can spend money on. Cause Usually you get training on how to do executive protection and then you get left alone after that week. It's over. Um, with our group, you get follow-on training that continues forever 
and uh, then I market you to the industry. So it never ends, actually. Uh, let's see here. Won't let me back in. You can follow me. Yo, I guess I guess Mike's locked out, man. We've got his IG links on the side here. Ink Monster and Goon Squad Doc Tactical. So Ink underscore Monster. Monster with two R's. And then his second page is Goon Squad Dot Tactical. And his website, I'll make sure and repost this right here. Boom, boom. That's uh, from him. Let's see. I am part of the EPTD training program, and I can say that it has been a great decision and uh, of my life and, and invest in yourself, essentially. Greatest decision of my life and invest in yourself. Thanks, Garrett. I appreciate you, brother. I'm looking forward to our next training for sure. Um, but, yeah, man, Mike, it's too bad he can't come back in here. You know, uh, it would have been great to say bye to him. We at least we got all the questions. But, um, hey, thank you so much, you guys, for spending this time with me. Thanks so much, you guys, for, um, you know, for hanging out. You know, it's uh, I can't get time back. So, hope I gave you guys enough value, and uh, I look forward to everything else we're doing. Uh, look out for the Protector Nation that we're going to be rolling out here soon. It's going to be civilian-centric, long-form content. It's going to be designed to make good people more dangerous. And, uh, and um, 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 yeah, man, there's just so many good things coming. Thanks so much once again. And this has been a fun Q uh, live podcast recording. We're going to do more like this. All right, you guys. And if you want to get into the executive protection industry or if you're in the industry, boom, take advantage of that deal on the side of the screen. Um, it won't be up there for much longer. So, all right, you guys, I hope to see you guys uh, out there in the social media sphere, in the digital world, or in the class Take care. Talk soon. God bless and Semper Fi. Out. Boom. Boom. Yo, what up? I hope you guys really enjoyed that episode. Hey, listen, in order to get more out of the brand, I want to encourage you to go join us on our social media platforms and join us at protectornation.com. We post different types of content on our different platforms at different times. Uh, you'll get blog posts, you'll get videos, you'll get real world combat engagements and things like that. So stay plugged in in order to get the most out of the brand. In order to support us, also go to protectornation.com and buy something or join forces with me on Patreon. You'll scroll down the homepage and you'll see the link. Uh, anything you can give counts, you know, think about whatever you would lose in your cushions or like spend on McDonald's this month, five bucks a month, whatever it is. Uh, that helps. That helps us make the world a better place by making good people dangerous. Anyways, this is Byron Rogers, protector by nature and by trade. And I'll see you on the next piece of content, whether it's a video or podcast out.